Joseph， 我系叫威文，我太太阿 Jo， 我系啊中国人，我家庭喺台山，但系我系华侨嘅，啊，但系我认识耶稣啊，差唔多四十年。Oh, someone at the door. Sorry. A bit of translate. Sorry, my name's Waymond.、Um, I'm 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 Chinese. I was born in New Zealand. My wife is over there, Jill.、Um, I've known Jesus for about forty years, probably something like that.、Um, I, I I always wherever I go, I feel like I should be selling、um, spray and walk away. You know,、um, it's just.、Uh, I really object to that ad, you know.、Um, I know. I thought my brother should do a better job. Anyway, no, it's not. But、um, I've. I need to introduce, introduce myself. Really,、um, I am a. I, I'm a maths teacher at the moment.、Uh, I teach in a, a small school in in Auckland. Fongaparoa is a another country to me. All right.、Um, I'm sure in an earthquake it'll fall off and become its own, become its own country.、Uh, I've been I've been listening to the、um, the podcasts for the last you've had for the last three weeks, I think just so just so I get a feel for what's going on up up here.、Uh, it's it's always odd going to a, a a church you've never been to before to try and work out what on earth's going on, you know. And、uh, it's it's really really interesting. I I don't know, I don't know if you ever listened to them. I know. I know that the the leadership here would they they you know they carefully put them on. I don't know whether you do a, a count of how many people actually listen to them. You do, good. Well, those five people, thank you very much. But <laughs> um, but um, Kieran talked about um, sorry, Kieran, Kieran talked about um, building on what what we already have. Start with start with where we are, and then Jacinda um spoke about using your story. Basically, right,、um, and and that it doesn't matter whether we have、um, messy bits. She's, I, I love what she said. She said life is not always on the mountain top. You know, there, there, there's valleys to it as well, right? So we've got to be real about about life.、Um, and she she talked about us fitting into his story, and it's not him fitting into our story, right? And then、uh, and then Matt, who love who obviously loves to really mess around with the English language. Um, he had this really odd word, the unevangelist, which I looked it up. There's no such thing.、Um, but I did. I did try to find a photo of the Frosty Boys, and I couldn't find one. You know, I'd love to put one up and said, "This is Matt when he was. How old were you, Matt, when you did that? Okay, in his in his early twenties. But unfortunately, it was before social media." And I just couldn't find any reference. I could. I tried to spell Frosty with a with I E and with a Y and boys with an S or with a Z or whatever. And I just I just didn't. It didn't come up. So can you put something on the net, please, Matt? Okay. Oh, sorry.、Um, this is、um, I've, I chopped the top of my finger off、um, with a skill saw.、Uh, I know. I know. It was full of full of drama, right?、Eh? It's just. My wife was giving me enough sympathy, so I thought, you know.、Uh, no, I had a little, I had a little DIY accident,、um, so it'll, it'll come right eventually, maybe. Anyway,、um, 
we, we are involved, Jill and I, have a heart for, for missions. Um, and whether it's, whether it's in New Zealand or we're overseas, to, me, to us it doesn't matter. Okay, when, when, we were, when we were at the same age as when Matt was in Frosty Boys, um, we used to live within walking distance of our local Anglican church. We were married at, at, um, at 20... I better get it right, eh? I better get it right, right? I know when we were married, okay? We were married in 79. We were 22. We were 22 when we were married. And we, and we moved into this little house in, a, in, in, in Auckland. And uh, the, the church was probably... 10 minutes walk, our local Anglican church. So we used to walk to church and, and walk back. But the neat thing is there were other young married couples in there and all sorts of singles and stuff. And, um, and where we happened to be, there were lots of very large two-story houses. And it, was, it was quite a run-down area. You know, and it's become a bit of a, an expensive area now in Ponsonby. Right? In those days, when we lived there, no one actually wanted to live there. It was quite a run-down area. So... And so there were halfway houses with people who, who had mental illnesses and all sorts of things like that in, in that area. So just over time of us being in church, we used, to, we used to walk from church to home, and we'd have maybe 15, 20, sometimes 30 people follow us home. And we would have lunch at our place almost every single Sunday. Because these people had nowhere to go. right? And so it was, it was really, really good because... It got to a point where people say, oh, no, I'll, I'll buy some cheese. And I'll say, I'll, I'll buy some bread and I'll, I'll buy some fruit. And so we just, everyone just turn up at our place, you know. And that was, that was, that was our life. So, so, and that's where we were at, in, in those days. But our, our heart for, for overseas missions, well, I want to let you into a secret, really. Overseas missions and local missions are no different absolutely no different, right? You know, for some reason, people who have who, been overseas um, or who are missionaries overseas, we put them on a pedestal. We think, wow, they must be really spiritual in, in some way, right? Well, I can tell you from first-hand experience, we're not, okay? Um, and I, I, want to, I want to share a verse with you, with you which I think is really good. Uh, can I have that first one? It's this one here, and it's I found this a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, and from Romans 12, it's 1 to 3, and in the, in the NIV, which is what I normally use, it, goes, it starts off going, present yourselves as a living sacrifice, which sounds like, whoa, you know, but this is the message version, and it says here, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. Sorry, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Really recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings up the best in you. <laughs> and you go to the other side. <laughs> Develops well-formed maturity and develops well-formed maturity in you. I love the bit where it says, take your everyday ordinary life. That's what it's about, right? It's not about being anything. It's about taking what you have. You know, to tell you the truth, look, I, as I say, I'm a, I'm a maths teacher. I'm a very well-organized person. I'm a pragmatist. I'm unhealed. I've got all sorts of hang-ups. 
I've got all sorts of things where God is trying to deal, deal with me in my life. And no matter whether I'm in New Zealand or whether I'm in another country, it's the same. Okay? You know, it's, my problems go with me. But also what I do know is my talents go with me too. And that's the important thing. The important thing is if I say open to God here, I'll say open to God there. And whatever he tells me to do, I have to do. That's, and that's, that's how it goes, right? Now, I'm a, I heard, no, was it, who was it? I think it was you, Matt, said you're an introvert. Is that right? Yeah. So, so am I. Look, Jill loves talking with, in big groups of people. You know, she'll go to a, 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 a well, she'll be standing in supermarket line, you know, and, she'll be, and there's, there's a woman there who's, oh, yeah, you know. She starts it's telling all of our secrets, you know. <laughs> Right, you know? Oh, yeah, my daughter had that too, you know? And, oh, yeah, my children don't tidy up their room either. Oh, you know? And I'm thinking, hang on, you don't know this person? You know? And I, but I, I'm, I'm not like that. I, I'm, really, I'm really quite introverted. And uh, it's really odd that God uses me in, in situations where I actually end up in front, in front of groups of people. It's just, it's just God's wicked sense of humor, I think. Um. Now, in terms of our, in terms of our, our mission's journey, um, there was a, a, a woman, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but her name was Jackie Pullinger, and she worked in Hong Kong, uh, working with drug addicts. She, and she's been there for 50 years. Actually, Jill went back for, her, for the uh, jubilee um, of, of her time there. And, uh, and many years ago, Jill is an absolutely avid reader, and she read a book called Chasing the Dragon, which was written by Jackie Pullinger, right? And uh, it's, it's quite a well-known book. And, uh, and then we found out that, and Jill worked for World Vision at, at that time, and we found out that Jackie was coming to New Zealand. And then a, uh, a Chinese friend of hers who worked, worked at World Vision said, oh, do you want to come to our, 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 our house group, our home group? Because Jackie's actually coming to speak at it. She thought, well, I love the book. And so we went along and we, um, and we, we heard, we heard Jackie, Jackie speak, you know. And... Maybe because I'm Chinese, don't know. But she, uh, she asked us to come along and, and just help her to do some ministry at a YWAM meeting that she had. She had no team with her. And she said, oh, come, and, come and pray. Help me, help me to pray for people at, at this YWAM meeting. And we thought, oh, well, I've never done this before, but we'll give it a go. So we, so we, so we, so we go along. And that, that was the beginning for us of a journey. Anyway, over time, what happened was we felt we should go to do something. So we thought, we'll be really brave about it, and we will, we'll go for three months and to see what it, see what it was like. You know? And we, we prayed, and we prayed, and we got friends to pray for us and, and stuff like that, because we just weren't sure about what to do. And it's quite dramatic, because one, one evening, we had some friends come over, and, uh, and we're praying, and the, and, the, and the power goes off. Right? And, we're, and, we, um, and so we're praying by candlelight for, for whether we should go or not. And this friend has this word of wisdom. He says, he says to us, he, says, he said, look, what are you going to achieve in New Zealand in three months, really, that you'd miss out on if you went, went overseas? Right? What would you miss out on? You know? We thought, hey, that sounds pretty good to me. So we thought, yeah, we'll go. You know? and, um, and so we, we planned it all. We, 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 got, we got on the plane. And uh, I tell you what, we were scared out of our wits. We'd said yes, but we thought, what are we going to? 
So we, uh, we, get, o- we, we get over there, and after, after, about, after three days, um, Jill wants to come home. She goes, I've, I've had enough already, after three days. Um, and I said, but, but, but being the person I am, I'm really stubborn, you see. And I said, no, we've committed for three months, we're going to save for three months. Because right? the, the problem is this, you see, the first night, so we were, what we were living in, we were living in these little tin huts, like a, like a, like a little, um, similar to like um, army huts, really, because it, it was a disused um, resettlement housing area that the government let, let, let Jackie use. And, um, and so there were, there were communal toilets, a shower block, so we get up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet, close the door behind us, and we lock the door, keys inside. Right? First night, great introduction, eh? And there's this really big Alsatian wandering around who does not know us, and he just snarls at us. And we're, this is at three in the morning. And, uh, and it was like, great start. And all I, all, I could find, all I had, I could find a comb, a plastic comb. And I'm trying to get that, use that to open the door. It doesn't work. But, <laughs> so we, we, we sort of sat in a, in a sitting area for, for a few hours in the cold in, in Hong Kong. Anyway, finally, finally we got back in. But the, the thing is that after th- three months we were there, we felt we should say the year. Because we thought we've only just started, you know, learning about anything. We knew nothing. And then at the end of, at the, end of, at the, end of the year, I remember sitting, in, sitting at, um, in our little tin hut, and, I was, and, uh, and we were praying. And we thought, okay, we're going we're gonna to go, go home, Go back to New Zealand and decide whether to come back or not. We're going to pray in the peace of New Zealand, you know, and, uh, and, then, and then decide whether we come back or not. And I remember God spoke to me really clearly. He, he said to me at that time, he said, unless I call you back, this is home. Right. He, just, he, turned, he turned it right around. And so we ended up saying 10 years. I know. Three months, 10 years. Be careful what you say to God, eh? And, and uh the thing is, our, our, our children were born there. Um, but, you know, missions really is not about a program. I, I want to show you some slides, not about a program, but about some people. Because just like Jacinda said, you know, the story is really powerful. The story is really important. So can I have that first, first slide? Now... This man here, his name is Mangothong. Stephen, he's called. Okay. And now, can anyone tell me where he is? Can anyone, get, anyone, anyone guess where that might be? Looks pretty fancy, doesn't it? Okay. It's actually St. Paul's Anglican Church in Simon Street near the university. Okay. And this was, what, a year and a half ago? Because he came, our, daughter got, our younger daughter got married about a year and a half ago. And we invited Stephen and his wife to come over for the, for the wedding. Because, I mean, it's, it's not about, well, he was a drug addict, you see. Um, but he became a friend. Can I have the next, the next slide? This is a place in, the place in a place called the Walled City in Hong Kong. And uh, it was a... What actually happened was when Hong Kong was leased to the, to the British government, this one little enclave was kept as a sort of seat of government for the Chinese. Um, 
And unfortunately, what happened was, over a period of time, there was an outbreak of typhoid. And so everyone deserted the area. But legally, it belonged to China, but it's actually inside Hong Kong. And so it became an area of, of all sorts of illegal activity. Friends used to say, or told me, used to be able to walk in there, and like, like those tables here, you'd go, oh, I'd like heroin from Sri Lanka, or Thailand, or Burma. You know, you could choose which, which sort of heroin you wanted um, in, in that place. And there'd be a place called, used to call the shooting gallery, where people would shoot up in there, and they'd regularly have to take out, take out dead bodies because people overdosed in there. Anyway, so this was a place called the Walled City. And inside, you can see this, you can just see it's, it's called The Well. And this little room in here was owned by, is owned by Jackie, or was owned by Jackie, because the Walled City's gone now. It was taken down in, before 1997 when Hong Kong was handed back, back to China because it was a, a place of real embarrassment for both, for both nations. So they want to get rid of it. It's now a park um, there. But anyway, next slide. And now, it's hard to see, but this guy here, this one here, is Stephen. He was a long-term heroin addict. And what happens was, what happens is that um, when they go to meetings in the well, we'd at the right time, we'd take them in. Now, it's really interesting because when they come into the well for the very first time, now, they come in because they want to come off heroin, right? Everyone knows that, and they all know that. But we were the last port to call because we required a huge life change. We were not interested in drug-free people. We were interested in drug-free followers of, followers of Jesus. So if you came in as a drug addict, right? So if Matt was a drug addict, God forbid, right, Matt? If, if, he, if he comes in for the first time and he's high on heroin, right, we'd say to him, okay, do you want to receive Jesus? And they'd, always say, that, and they'd say yes, because they know they have to say that, right, because they're not, they're not stupid. So we would pray for them to receive Jesus, but then we would pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit as well. And they would. And it was weird because they'd pray in tongues, and they'd, they'd have prophetic words, and they're high on heroin. I know. <laughs> I don't know what it does to your theology, right? It's sort of like, you know. But, you know, my understanding of, of the gifts of the Spirit is God gives them to who he, who he wants to give them, give them to because they're gifts, not because of we're holy or anything like that, right? And if he, needs, if he needs a prophetic word given, he'll give it to a donkey if required, right, to, to speak out. So, and I, because I, I remember, I remember in, a, in, in one meeting there was a, um, that we had, and, and Jackie would always leave room for prophetic words, you know, and she, and she, she said... Um, Anyone with prophetic words, someone goes, oh, I don't know if this is right. Or this guy's high as, high as a kite, you know. And he goes, he, goes, um, he goes, the cabbages are all ready, but there's no one there to cut them out or cut them down. You know, well, to me, that's like, you know, the fields are, ri the fields are ripe, right? But the workers are few, right? Different words, different contexts. Right? He wouldn't know what wheat was, right? But he knows what Chinese cabbages are, right? So that's just contextualizing. Anyway, so Stephen comes in, he wants, to, he wants to come off heroin, and he told me later on, he says, well, I'm going I'm to come in for 10 days, and I'm going to leave. You see, because what happens is, for the first 10 days, we are with them, we were with them 24-7. We'd do four-hour shifts right through day and night, and we would we'd be praying for them, we'd be feeding them, massaging them, giving them showers, okay? But the thing is, and, that, and, and they'll all say, almost without exception, they'd say, 
I'm waiting for the pain to come. Because they've all been through withdrawal. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever been through any sort of drug withdrawal, but for these guys, they used to say it was like having ants inside your bones. I don't know what that's like. It sounds horrible. But that, and, that's, and they were waiting to be sick and to feel really, really bad. And they'd say, I'm waiting for, waiting for the pain to come. And then they wait one day, two days, three days, and they go, but there's no pain. Right? And the people who were with them in doing these shifts, their job was to pray for them for their four hours in tongues, or in English, or in Cantonese, or whatever. So the Holy Spirit would come and would heal these, these, these guys. And I know, it, I know it was really good, because we had a guy from uh, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York came over, a doctor. And he did a methadone program, and he said, what, what, we do, what we do in 10 days, it would take them months and months and months to do on, the, on their program. Because after 10 days, these guys are swimming, playing football, playing basketball, and, and, and eating. It's just, it's just weird, you know, right? But God is just amazing how he can deal with, deal with things, right? So anyway, next slide. That's Jackie, okay? She's a little bit older now. I didn't use an old pic, a picture of her when she's older. She wouldn't be very happy about that. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Stephen being baptized. Okay. He is now a, he's now a, he's now a vineyard pastor. <laughs> right. Um, going going from a heroin addict whose life was basically um, he had a lovely mother. You know, um, and uh, the sort of things they used to do because they were so desperate for their, for money would be. Um, when, they got, when the mothers got their pensions, they would, they would actually hold, hold, hold at their own mothers for, the, for, the, for their money, right? Um, Stephen, been, he's been, been in prison many, many times. Next slide, please. And here he is. That's his, that's his wife, Aling, um, below, below him there. But this is an amazing couple. Um, and God has just turned them turned him around so much. You know, you wouldn't think it was the same person. The thing is, actually, to get him here, he had to have a special visa because he's actually not allowed in New Zealand because of his, because of his drug convictions. And we had, we had to write these, all these letters and emails back and forth to the embassy in, in, uh, in Hong Kong. We had, and we had to send photos of him and us together to verify that actually that, that we actually knew him. And it's the first time we've ever seen in a passport, because his visa says that he's coming over for our daughter's wedding. It actually has her name in, and, it's, and it, it's all these, it's, it's like, and I, 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 could, I could say to the people in the embassy in, in Hong Kong, look, I would give my life for this guy, you know? But this is what missions is about. It's not about programs, it's about the people that you affect, right? I, I remember having dinner a few years ago, sitting, sitting around in Hong Kong, not with, not with even but with, with another friend of ours, um, a Cheung and his wife, Tessa. Tessa's from the UK. And a churn was a long-term addict as well. And his kids were there. And we're, we're, just, we're just sitting around together. And, 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 I, and I said, oh, what's, uh, what's Jonathan doing now? Oh, he's just finished university. What's Julia doing now? Well, she's, just, she's about to go to university. You know? And I thought to myself, you know, without God, without someone intervening in a churn's life, his daughter would, would have been a prostitute. His son would have been a drug addict. But instead, we're at this really nice Chinese restaurant having, having, having dinner. It's about people. That's, that's what it, it's not about programs, you know? Anyway, let's move on. Now, talk about people, all right? Now, the, see the girl in the middle? 
Ah, Janelle, her name is. This is from the Philippines, sorry, Philippines. Yeah. Um, Jill, Jill and I have been going to the Philippines for the last eight years. Um, because I'm a school teacher, I, I, I have lots of nice holidays, right? And you know, as a teacher, I turn up at work at nine and I leave at three. It's a fantastic life, <laughs> you know, isn't it? It's just, it's just marvelous. And, I, and I have these big breaks as well. So it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, Actually, what, happen, what happens actually is that um, I finish work on a Friday, and we usually fly out Friday night. Um, but that's, this is this, this is Arjunelle. and uh, she, she when I first when we first met her, she was the shyest person you could ever meet. You speak to her, she'd go, she'd blush, you know. Um, but but over the years, we've seen her change so much, and it's from a very small beginning. It's from the change in her was from a bottle of Coca-Cola. It wasn't even a big bottle. It was a little bottle about, about so big. They have these really small bottles of Coca-Cola in the Philippines, about, about so big. And that's what changed the life, believe it or not. Next one, please. See, what happens is we do these things called vacation Bible schools over there. And uh, so what happens is in, the, in their summer break, kids can come like a, on like a day camp for four days. So they come for half days. They come and start at nine, finish at about twelve-ish or something like that. And so, so, um, and so, my job over there was actually to train the the leaders um, of of these of these vacation Bible schools. And so we're doing, oh, I don't know, we're probably dealing with three hundred kids, five hundred kids um, in a at, at a time um, in these in these vacation Bible schools. But these kids are learning about Jesus. You know, that's, and that's where they start, learning about Jesus. And our Janelle, I don't, I've, I've got no idea why, but she volunteered to be a helper at one of these. Right? And, uh, and as I say, she was, she was really shy. And it, I remember at the, at the, at the end of one, 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 uh, one afternoon, um, we give out these awards and we call them like worshiper of the day or whatever. We see, see one of the helpers and they're really helping the kids and they're worshiping or whatever. And I, I gave this bottle of Coke to her as the worship. I, I said, you're the worshiper of the day. I said, I love the way you worship. Right. And you know, from that day onwards, she blossomed. Right. She, I, she suddenly, she suddenly, I think she suddenly thought someone sees me. And now, now, she is an evangelist. She goes into remote areas. She goes in front of groups of people. She she shares. She leads worship. She's just an, an amazing young woman. Right. Anyway, let's move on. So at these at these vacation Bible schools, um, they they learn uh, scripture. So we have like a, a, a games time, and and then they then we do uh, worship and praise and. And, um, and then someone will share, okay? <laughs> the, I've got to tell you about this. They, they have these neat things. I don't know. It's, it's just, it must, must be with the Philippines. Are you guys from the Philippines? Okay, you can tell me whether it's right or not. I might be totally wrong, okay? But they, in Baguio, anyway. Okay, whereabouts are you from? From Cebu. I love Cebu, but it's too hot for me. <laughs> uh, Cebu's beautiful, especially Bahol. Around the area, it's lovely, isn't it? But, but these, these, these kids, when they come together for the first time, each, each day, they have these things. They go, um, 
how does it go? It goes, um, they have these rules. They must, they must give them in school. And it's things like, it says, rule number one, keep your hands to yourself or something like that, you know. Is, do they do that in all the schools? I don't know. Maybe it's just Baguio. All the schools? Okay, they should do it in New Zealand, you know. It's, it's, like, it's like rule number, and the kids all know it, you know. Rule number one, you know, keep your hands to yourself. Rule number two, uh, inside voice. And they, but the thing is, they go, rule number two. They go, inside voice. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, hang on a minute. But, and, and they, but, but the, the, the kids are, are really, neat, really neat kids, you know. Um, but this is where they start learning about Jesus. In these. Even though, even though a lot of them have come from a Catholic, a Catholic background, but there's also a lot of animism as well, a lot of superstition um, that, that, run, that runs through the, the, the whole place. And they don't, they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. They, they know of God, and they are very spiritual people. But they don't know Jesus for themselves. And it's just, it's just this sort of thing that actually brings them into a relationship with Jesus. You know, that, that's, their, that's their starting place. And then we, then we, have, we also have these things called um, street church. So every Wednesday, um, we get the use of a little pavilion. In, there's a, in Baguio, sorry, sorry, I need to go back. Jill and I go to a place called Baguio, uh, which, is, which is, and I thank God for it, to be honest with you. Okay, it's about five or seven hours north of Manila. Manila is really, really hot, really, really hot, and really humid, Okay. And, but Baguio is in the mountains, and it's about 5,000 feet. So the, the summers are like Auckland summers, but without the humidity. It's just lovely, you know. And as I say, I just thank God he's called us to there. Um, and we, we, we started going there um, because our, our younger daughter, one who got married, one day we were at a, a barbecue for a, for a friend, and uh, she got talking to the, to the, the mother of, um, at, the, at this barbecue who had Parkinson's, quite late, late Parkinson's. Um, and uh, she got, talk, got talking to her, and, and she said, oh, she has a daughter in, in, who works in, in Baguio uh, and is running a thing to do with children and stuff, and Stephanie loves children and that sort of thing. And, uh, and, then, and uh, it was actually quite mirac- miraculous, really, because normally, apparently, it's really hard to understand her because of her late, late onset of Parkinson's, you know. Um, but Stephanie had this great conversation with her, and she said, to me, she said to me, she said, Dad, I'd love to go and see that place, you know. And I thought, if one of my kids wants to go on a missions trip, I'm going to arrange it, you know. So before she had a chance to even think about it, I'd arranged it and said, we're going. So she, she, she and a friend of hers went, went with me. We went, we went to Baguio, um, and I loved it there. Um, I, I love being in Asia, okay. I, I didn't realize, and I know it sounds really odd, all right, I didn't realize how Chinese I was till I, till I actually was in Hong Kong because I was, brought up, I was born and brought up here, you know. I'm grateful for that, that I, that I was, um, but I didn't realize how Chinese I actually was. And I, I, love, I love the smells, I love the chaos, I love the noise, I love the madness of Asia, you know. Um, I'm, at, I'm at home in, Cal- I love Calcutta, you know. I'm in, I'm, I, I get off the plane, I'm in Calcutta, and it's just like, oh, great place, you know. But, but I think God's made me for those sort of, those sort of places, you know. Um, so anyway, I, we, I went there, 
Steffi and I and, and her friend William went there, and I came back and I said to Jill, this is an amazing ministry up there. And, uh, and so I said, you've got to come with me to see what it's like. She goes, oh, yeah, well, you know. And so, we, so, and so I, I forced her into going. <laughs> I forced her into going. We, we went up there, and, and, she, and, she, and she, goes, she goes, oh, yeah, it's interesting, you know. And, but then after about a week, she goes, this is great. You know, God had, God had just turned her heart around for it. But if we hadn't gone there, that wouldn't have happened, you know. But anyway, street church. What happens is um, these are, these are um, like street people. They are people who, um, who make the living by selling um, candy or food or whatever in the, in the big park in Bargate. There's a big central park. Um, and they, they just eke, they eke out, literally just have to eke out a living. You know, they're really poor. And they'll, they'll be lucky to make the equivalent of a couple, couple of New Zealand dollars a day. There, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, so we, yes, yeah, so we, so we, we meet every, every Wednesday. And there's probably about, well, I don't know, between 70 and, 70 and 100 people would be there. And we, we, we worship and we, we preach the gospel um, and we, we feed people. It's interesting, actually, because um, the, for some reason, the crowd seems to increase as the food comes out. You know, pa- passers-by go, oh, what's happening here? Oh, there's food. Oh, and, they, and they join in. Um, but, you know, and, and, and early on, I thought, that's not right. They shouldn't be doing that, you know. But, you know, you don't know where things are going to start, do you, with people? Right? God is generous enough to us. He didn't care whether, whether we we're going to respond or not. He just said, here, take my son. Right? He didn't know whether we we're going to say yes or no to him. But he, he, gave, he gave his son away anyway to us, you know. Um, anyway, let's carry on. Now, this one here, um, we're actually baptizing somebody in a 44-gallon drum. <laughs> actually, it's not 44 gallons. It's actually smaller than that. Um, and fortunately for us, most Filipinos are quite small, so you can actually, you can actually get them in. Um, all right. But I think that day we'd be baptized like three people, I think, um, in, the, in, in the park, people wandering along, thinking, what the heck's going on out here? Um, but this is just, this, these, these things are just great. We see these, these sort of things happening, you know? Okay, next one. And we do, we do Christmas parties as well. Uh, last, Jill, Jill and I always go up for Christmas. And once again, it's, I've, got an, I've got an organizing role, um, and so, so is Jill up there. And we, we, last year we did um, three parties, one for 1,000 people and two for 1,500 people each time. And so there would be, out of the, out of, let's say out of 1,000 people, there would be probably about 700 kids, probably 300 adults, and every child gets a gift. Um, they would get, get a piece of clothing, they would get a, um, something, a book, uh, some food, a toothbrush, a toy. And the, the, we've been doing this for the last eight, eight years up, up there. You know. This is the first Christmas that we're not going to be up there. Because our older daughter is getting married on December 27th. So we've, we've, we've said we, we can't make it. You know. I said, I'm sorry, there's going to be no, no Christmas in Bargia this year because, because we're not, we're not going to be there. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's just amazing to see. And once again, it's, it's, it's about outreach. It's about getting to know people and making connections with people. Okay, next one, please. Now, I don't know if you recognize her. Do you recognize her? Who knows her? Ashley? Ashley Giles? Right. Well, she, she, was, she went with us. Some others went with us too. The Arabs went with us. 
Caleb went with us. Anyone else? We, we love taking people to, to, to the Philippines. You know, because it's, it's a really good uh, first introduction in the missions. Bagia, Philippines is, is, is exotic enough to say I've gone somewhere different, but it's not so foreign that you, you, it scares the living daylights out of you. You know, if I took you to Calcutta and said, here you go, go, it, it might be like, I'm never going to go again, right? But the Philippines is a, is a, is a great introduction to it. And the, the reason I, I want to show this was, I don't think Ashley's an artist. Is she? I don't think, I don't think she's, but she was, she just, she, she, we said, we need something for face painting at a Christmas party. She said, yeah, I'll do it. You know, it's about taking the everyday things you have, the ordinary things that you have. That's, the, that's, that's what it's about. Next one. That's Angela there. Okay. Um, she's a real people person. She started, she started the ministry. And she, it's, been, it's been going for 10, ten years. I think last, this year was the, was the 10th anniversary of it up there. She, and she's a Kiwi. Her father used to be the, um, the senior pastor at um, Harborside AOG. Right? She's just an amazing person, a real, a real um, gentle sort of soul who just loves people and loves worship. And uh, one of the neat things about her is she, she, she does these things where she um, does ministry to kids. And she always says, you know, there's no, no such thing as the, as the junior Holy Spirit. And, and so, so over there, we, we're, seeing, we're seeing little kids um, prophesy, pray for healing for people, and people are being healed, you know. The, and the neat thing is, we're seeing healing all the time over there. And I, I don't know why, okay, but I think it's because they've got nothing else that they can fall back on, you know. These, these are people who can't afford to go to the doctor, they can't afford to buy medicine, right? They can't even afford to their next their next meal. And time after time, we've literally heard, we've actually been told by people, okay, that they've had money floating out of the air, being blown by the wind, and, they, and, they, and they've grabbed it. And that's, that's their money for the next meal. Right? Um, people, people have said, look, I'm, I'm on my way to the mall. You know, I've got no money. I've got no food. And they find money on the ground. Right? It's just, it's just God um, doing things for people who have got nothing else. Anyway, next slide. Here they are, just opening the gifts. So for some of these kids, this will be the only gift they get for, for Christmas. All right? And the, the, the amazing joy that you see with these, with these kids is just incredible. You know? Okay, next one. Now, these four ladies here are all single mothers. Okay? Uh... On the, on the, sorry, I'm dyslexic, so right hand, right, hand, right hand side here is Helen, okay, and she's a single mother, okay. The one with the missing tooth, Mila, okay, uh, she came to Jesus not, not, that, not that long ago, actually just a few years ago, and her story's amazing. She was, she was just sovereignly healed. She lived, she lived on, a, on, on a hill, and she used to have to, she used to have, she, her, I think she had bad knees, I think it was, and she used to have to crawl up to get, to get home. But after someone introduced her to Jesus and prayed for her, she was healed. Okay, and, she, and she could walk up, up the hill. And because of that, her heart is to tell other people on the hill and anywhere else about Jesus who's, who heals. You know? Okay. Anyway, all of them, as I say, are single mothers. The, the, problem, the problem over there is this. Is that, the old, is that if you're a single mother with kids, it's, there's, about, there's about three different jobs you can, you can have. Okay. There, are, there, are, 
There are people called scrappers, and what they, what they do is you collect plastic or you collect bottles or you collect metal, and you and you sell it. Right? That's that that's one or cardboard, and that's that that's one sort of living, and that, you don't make a lot of money doing that. Okay, and it's not great work. Okay, uh, you could work as a prostitute. Okay, uh, so that's that's another one that you could do. You could try and get a, a menial job in McDonald's or whatever, but actually, um, they're actually really hard to come by. You've actually got to be quite qualified, <laughs> even to work in McDonald's, because the unemployment is quite is quite high there. You know, or they try and sell, as I said, say try and sell candy in the park or whatever, and um, and they'll sell like uh, the equivalent of a let's say a, a minty for like a peso. Now a peso, there are 36 or 37 pesos to a dollar. Okay, um, so it, it's not it's not worth very much. So they'll go and buy them in the supermarket and, and try and sell them off to tourists or whatever. Or they'll they'll try and buy some uh, if they've got enough money they'll go and buy um, some touristy toys and try and sell those off in the park um, to, to tourists to make a little bit of money as well. But his heart, who, that's what Angela started, that organisation, that's who we're going to be, be, be going, going with, um, they, have a, they have a livelihood program called Above Rubies. And these ladies make... Um, who, who, reads, who's, who has ever read Home and Garden here? Yeah? Put your hand up, Home and Garden magazines. Okay, Home and Garden magazines. Now, Jill and I, we carry up Home and Garden magazines every time we go up to the Philippines. Because it's really good quality glossy paper, and they get turned into the things you'll see, you'll see over there. And, um, and they get turned into jewellery. And Jill sells, sells that jewellery on, on, on their behalf. Just like, we, we, don't make anything, we, we don't make anything out of it. It's not, Jill just does it voluntarily. And Jill can make, if things go well, she can make in probably from about October through to December, she can make enough money to keep these four ladies and others, um, keep keep them keep them in a in a uh, in a salary for a whole year. Okay, um, it's just it's just amazing, because you know what Jill would sell us something for ten dollars. Um, that's that translates to like three hundred sixty pesos, you know, and you, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out roughly um, a. a um, a labourer in the Philippines might make about, let's think, maybe 150 pesos. Would that be right? A day? How much would a labourer earn? A couple hundred pesos, 150 pesos maybe? Something like something in that order? Yeah. Might be about three or four bucks a day that, that they might earn, you know? Um, and, that, and that's how they're supposed to sort of keep their families going and, and rent somewhere to live and, and so on. So these ladies... Um, make, make, this, make this sort of jewellery over there. Okay, next please. Now, we are in Baguio, um, but what's happening is that um, Angela feels that God's calling, calling um, the, the ministry to move further north. So Baguio is, as I say, like five or seven hours north of, north of Manila, and then we, we're, we're moving further into the mountains in, in the main island of Luzon. And in this area... This area is called Kalinga, and it's up, it's up in the mountains. So it's from Baguio, it's another, let's see, I did, I did a trip, I've done a couple of trips there, and it's um, from Baguio, so it's like five or seven hours to Baguio, then from Baguio to, to the nearest town from, from Kalinga is probably another seven hours by bus, and then 
to go to where to this place here. It's, it's another four hours, five hours in a, in the back of a jeepney, which is like a, a cross between a truck and a bus. Okay, and um, and then it's a, then it's like a two hour trek down the mountains to, to get to it to this little to this little village in there. And uh, there's a friend of ours, Bex, and she feels that that's where God's called her to be, to, or to, to go and work in that area. And uh, and I've been asked to go into that area as well, so I've gone a couple, a couple of times into there. And so this is, this is classified in the Joshua Project as an unreached people group because there is no self-sustaining church in that, in that area. And they don't know Jesus, and they're animists, and, they will, and they'll, they'll sacrifice pigs or whatever, or chickens, um, if there are bad things happening in, the, in, that, in that area. And we, it's our job to go in and tell them about Jesus, really. Um, anyway... This, this suspension bridge is just like, it's horrendous, okay? Um, it's, got, it's got holes in it, and it's wired together. Um, and it's just like, it's got bits of steel plate, and it's all wired together and stuff like that. And, and um, I don't mind heights, but just going across it, it, it was, the first time was really scary. I, I, I was um, coming down the hill, I, had to, I, I was carrying half half sack of rice to take in. To a, to a family in there, um, and uh, and I dropped it a couple of times. But it, I didn't spill any, but it's just because it's just so steep going down, you know. And I fell over a couple of times. And when we got when we got to the start of the bridge, they, they said to me, they said, Waymond said, let us carry the rice across the bridge. And I said, I know why. <laughs> you just get I'm going to drop it in the river. You don't care about me, <laughs> you know. You just get I'm going to lose the rice. And I'm sure that was right. But anyway, so. So we, we, we go, we go in, in, into, this, into this village. Next slide, please. And uh, my, the first time we go in there, and Bex has been in there a, a, a few times, and we get talking about, about, um, about baptism and stuff. And the, some of them have had some Catholic influence before. Right? And, they're, and they're, sort of, they're, sort of saying, they're sort of saying, well, what about infant baptism? You know, we get some, of the, some people baptize as, as babies. And I said, well, actually, you know, that's an historical thing. You know, people were baptized as babies because in the Catholic Church, as it was then, um, if you were not baptized, they thought you wouldn't go to heaven. And so because of the high mortality rate amongst, amongst babies, they baptized them regardless, right, thinking that it's their passport to heaven. Right? And, so, and, and then they said, well, if we get baptized, does that mean we have to belong to your church? And we said, no, you belong to Jesus. It's nothing, nothing to do with our church. It's got nothing to do with us. Right? And so I thought we were going to baptize one or two, one or two people. But after, after sort of chatting with them and, and, um, and sharing with them and, and studying with them, and we ended up baptizing 14 people. And it's the first time ever they've ever, ever had that in, the, in, that, in that village. You know? it's, just, it's just God. And it's, it's, it's so easy. It's just about sharing your stories you know, with them. Okay, next one, please. I want to... Now, can you see this guy here, this one here, this old, this old guy here, all right? Well, I, I'll tell you what, look, I'm, I'm so introverted, I can't even remember his name. But anyway, the first time I met him, he was, um, he was, he was at a, um, a house church meeting that I, that I was sharing at, and, uh, and I, I was inside, and he was sitting outside on the veranda, and he's, and he's just listening out there. And, uh, 
And at the end of the meeting, I said, look, does anyone want any prayer? So what happens is his wife grabs hold of him and pushes him inside and says, he does. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, you want prayer? You know, this poor guy standing there. <laughs> you know, his wife's actually quite big, but anyway, he's sta- standing there. And, uh, and I said, what can I pray for? And uh, he said, oh, I, thought, I can't even remember. I think it might have been his back or something like that, I think. And, um, and, we, we, and I, we prayed for him, right? And he was healed. And so after that, he sits down right in the middle of the room and this huge smile on his face, like he'd, like he'd been there all that time. You know, so he suddenly belonged. And it was just, it was just amazing to see. And then, and so the, um, that was the first time I, I went, to this, went to this village, you know. And the second time, um, he and his wife opened up their house so we could have a house church meeting in their, in their, in their house. Right? And there's this lovely lady. Can you see a pair of gla- someone with glasses on there? You're right, you can just see the, the reflection. And, um, and she, had a, she had a sore sore neck. She had a sore neck. And so we pray for her neck, and her neck's healed. Right? And she's going, in the, after me, she's going, she's going like this. Like this. You know, because she wasn't expecting it. And she, and she, was, she was healed, you know. Um, and we, we're getting this all the time. People are being healed. Um, and as I, said, I, I don't know why it happens there, and not so much here, but they've got nothing else to fall back on, right? The, the, the nearest doctor is, like, literally hours and hours and hours away, you know. And I, and I said to her, what's your name? She goes, Anastasia. Or Anastasia, sorry, Anastasia. And I said, I said, did you know that's the name of a Russian princess, Right? She goes, really? I'm a princess? She goes, all evening, she goes, I'm a princess? She goes, well, you know, she's just, and, and it's, just, it's just amazing to see. Anyway, next, next slide. Now, now look, this is, this is my story. This is not your story, okay? All right? Um, these are water cockroaches, okay? Um, and... They were served up for dinner. Now, but don't let that put you off. Okay? All right? Now, look, the Chinese have a saying that goes like this. It says, if its back is, if its back is towards the sun, you can eat it. All right? Basically, what it means is, because it's alive and like that, it's okay. If it's turned over and dead, you don't eat it. That's basically what it is. Right? Okay? And... Because I, because I, well, I'm not, I'm not saying Chinese eat everything and anything, but I, I'm happy to try, try things, you know. But, um, so they, yeah, they, they, uh, they went and caught these freshwater cockroaches from the, from the fields, um, from the rice, rice paddies for me. Stir-fried them with soy sauce. They were great. <laughs> Quite honestly, they were, they were delicious, you know. And it's funny because there was one guy in, in, in one of the meetings, he said, I, I, he said, he said oh, what have you been eating? I said, oh, I had some cockroaches. He didn't believe me that I'd actually eaten them. And he said, what do they taste like? He said, well, I said, I said they taste like calamansi, which is lime. It's got a slight limey taste to it, you know. I said, I said it tastes like calamansi. He goes, oh, yeah, you have eaten them then, you know. And he goes, and then he would listen to me after that, right. Um, but, yeah, look, if you, go, if, you, if you go on the mission field, you don't have to eat cockroaches, okay. They, I mean, they've, they've fed me. They've gone and caught, got me um, termites. They also taste really nice, okay. Um, snails and stuff like that. But that's, but that's only because it's me, right? Um, you know, 
God's actually really nice <laughs> about these things. And, I, you know, he won't necessarily give them to you. Okay. All right. Next slide. Now, look. When I was, when I was praying about, about coming and speaking here today, I had some particular words that, that, that came to me. Okay. Um, one, one was um, about people who discount themselves, who don't, who don't think they, that they, they have anything to offer in, in God's kingdom. Okay. Um, a, another one is, um, is just about people who think that their time has passed and, they've, and they've, they, they, they've missed their opportunity and that's it for them and it's never going to happen again. Um, another one is, is about inertia. Right? It's, hard, it's hard to get things started, but once it gets going, it's really easy. Right? Oh, sorry, sorry I should, I'm talking too long. The kids are coming back in. Yep. yep. Okay, finished. Thanks. Okay. Um, <laughs> look, um, I, I, I often um, talk to parents and, with, with little kids, and they, and they go, oh, gosh, you know, I, I hate traveling. I don't want to travel with my kids on a plane, you know? I, that's why I'm not going to go on things and that sort of thing. And, you know, our kids started traveling when they were three months old on, a, on, on planes, you know? And it's, it's about being prepared. And it's, it's, it's not, about, not about letting anything get in, get in your way, you know, and, and holding you back. Anyway, this quick story. Okay. Um, Samuel goes to, to, to Jesse, um, who has seven sons. Right? And he says, and because God's told him to anoint the next king after Saul. Right? So, and Samuel, Samuel sees um, uh, Eliab, and he says, this must be the one, because he's really good looking, and he's big, and he's strong. Right? And these words are really, are really important to, to me anyway. It says, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed by his looks and his stature. I've already eliminated him. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look Look at the face. God looks to the heart. Right? Okay? Look, I'm just over... Matt's really tall. I'd love to be as tall as you, Matt. Okay? I'd love to have all my, all my fingers as well. But anyway, okay? But I'm never going to be. I'm just who I am. Right? Um, so, so God looks to the heart. Right? Next slide. Okay. Now, there's never been any... The, there's, there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God, who started this great work in you, would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Jesus appears. What he started in you, he's going to finish. Okay, it's not like, oh, I've missed out, I'm never, it's never going to happen for me. You are not second best. And God doesn't have second best for you. He only has a first place for you. That's all he ever has. That's all there ever is for any of us. Right? Okay, next one. I love this story. This has revolutionized my life. Okay, this is, a, this is about Jesus telling Simon to put out the, um, the nets into the deep water. They fished all night, caught nothing. Okay, caught absolutely nothing. And let's look at this. He'd finished speaking. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and, caught, and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Next slide. It's these words. But because you say so, I will. 
That's what it's about. Doesn't matter what it is, it's because because you say so, I will. Doesn't matter what it is. If God tells us to do it, we should do it. Right? Even if we miss out the first time, we can say, God, I missed out, I messed up. I'll do it again. Right? That's what it's about. Missions is not about fancy programs. It's not about theological degrees. It's not about being these super, super spiritual people. It's about living your everyday life amongst people over there, wherever it is. Whether it's in Silverdale, whether it's in further down the coast, hey, all right? Doesn't matter where it is. Red Beach, Ponsonby, doesn't matter where it is. Or for us, Baguio. Okay? We've been wanting to go back there. In fact, I've been wanting to go back on the mission field for the last 20 years. Okay? But we haven't because my mother was elderly and she was sick and Jill looked after her and, and then Jill's mother got really sick and, and she passed away. But now we feel, feel free to go. All right? I thought we'd come back after Hong Kong, after being there 10 years. I thought we'd come back for about two years or, or a year and then head off again. But God had other plans. Right? But I kept, I kept my hand on it by doing whatever I could. I went on mission trips to Indonesia. Okay? I went on trips, trips to different places. Just because missions, it's what I wanted to do. And I, and I, wanted, to keep, I wanted to keep it alive. I didn't want to let, it, let the dream die, in a sense. You know, if God's put the vision in your heart, don't let it die. Whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is. It's not about necessarily going overseas, but whatever it is, don't let it die. But say this to him, because you say so, I will. Okay, I think it's the last one. Take your everyday, ordinary life and place it before God as an offering. That's what I started with. That's what I want to finish with. It's about our everyday, ordinary life. Okay, I'm the same person here or in the Philippines. Doesn't matter. Okay, I'm just as screwed up here as I am there. Right? But I can also use the gifts that I have over there as I do over here. Now, can we just stand? Now, look, I, I don't believe God speaks without wanting a response. Okay? All right? Maybe that's my theology. I don't know. <laughs> but, but God's been speaking a lot this morning to, to, to people. And I think we need to give them an opportunity to, to, to deal with us, basically. You guys come up. Come, you, want, you want to do something for us? Can you do that one, who, who am I? Would that be Okay. You, it was one of your songs, wasn't it? Who, who am I? Yeah? I'm sure it was one. It was one of those, wasn't it? Who am I? I'm sure it was. You sang one that had those words. And I'm no, I'm no muso, so I don't, you know, I, all, all I remember is that, those words. Okay. Now, look, this morning, you've had, you've had words spoken over you. Words like precipice. Okay? You've had words like... Um, Lean back into God's arms. That we need to know who God is. And we need to know that He's real. I'd, I, I would I'd also love to pray for people who feel stuck. Who feel like, like there's just, the inertia is just huge. 
and it's just so hard to get moving. Um, I'd love to pray for people who feel like they've got nothing to offer because that's, that's just a lie from the enemy. It's an absolute lie. We all of us have things to offer. And, and as, a, as a teacher, I have this poster in my, in my classroom and it's called The Power of Yet. And I, 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 tell, I, I tell my kids every, every year at the start of the year, this, this, this is called The Power of Yet. And what it means is this. It says, we don't say, I can't. All we say is, I can't yet. There's so much power in that because it says, God, I'm open to it. Rather than saying, I'm not open to it and I can't do it. It's about, I can't do it yet. So the, the implication is, get me ready for it. So, if you want to be prayed for this morning, if, if, if something that, that Matt shared, or you want to be praying about any of the things that I, that I shared this morning, we'd love to pray for you this morning. Is that okay, Matt? So how about we do this? We've gone a bit longer than we normally do and uh, we can handle that every now and then, eh? Yeah. Thanks so much, Wayman. Like, there's some, uh, there was some baskets did go around and if you, there's an FOS machine up there, anything that you wanted to, to uh, put into that, we'll, we'll get to these guys to, to head off to the, uh, the His Heart in the Philippines and for these guys, um, there's that stuff that's for sale over there as well. But could I just say, just as we, as we close here, that if there is anyone that... Um, that it's just felt that like God has sort of sparked something. And it may be through some of the prophetic input, it may be just through hearing Wayman speak. Then I'd encourage you to come up to the front. I know we don't always ask people to come up to the front, but come up to the front. Wayman will be here. Others will come around and, and gather around. There's just something very powerful about having others join their prayers with your prayers. So we'd love to see that happen. And can I also just say to a lot of people think like, what, what about this overseas things? What is, what is, what's, that, what's the deal for me with that? What do I want to... What should I be doing with that? Remember last week, for those of you that were here, I talked about how um, there are, we've got to think about like seeds of the kingdom. I feel like like Wayman's almost been throwing out seeds. And I really believe that some of those seeds are going to land in hearts. And if you feel yourself going away, just feeling inspired, just like, I just feel excited. I just want to do something like that. Then my expectation is that that will be something that God has allowed to land in your heart and will be watering and growing. So don't feel like you have to make something happen you know, either to say yes or to say no to something like that. Just just trust that God will, will put these sparks and then land these seeds in your hearts and they will grow and, and become fruitful for what He has um, for you. Let me pray a blessing on you. Uh, and uh, thank you so much, Wayman and Jill, for being here. You know, they'll be over at the table there. I'm sure that, you know, after there's been prayer time, they'll be they'll love to talk more about their stories. But let me let me pray a blessing on you. I just have to say again, I've been been away at this conference, but it's just been so good just being here with with uh, with my coast family this morning. Loved it. God, I pray for each one of us here. God, we've heard stories, we've heard uh, of miraculous things that you've been doing in people's lives. We've heard stories of people that have said uh, yes to to you. And God, I pray that that would be something we could all take away this morning. Just that as we work out our own journey of faith, we would become better and better at saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Where you lead, I will follow. 
God, I pray your blessing on each person here as they head off to lunches and afternoons. I pray for them that you would bless them. I pray blessings in, in their week, in their workplace, in their playtimes, in their families, in their homes, in their neighborhoods, in all that they they do in all the places they find themselves in. God, I pray that, that you would bless them and I pray that you would use them to bless others. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, that's us for this morning. Just a reminder again, Night, Night Church is joining with the Combined Coast at Kingsway Event Centre. We'd love you to stay as long as you'd like to. Coffee's on and uh, we will see you again next week. God bless you.